been as much evidence against him as in any other murder case that has ever actually gone to trial. So who knows? Tomorrow night, make sure you watch our big roundtable show. We've got former Democratic Congressman Max Rose. We've got uh, Larry Sharp, who was libertarian candidate for governor of New York. We've got a big Republican strategist and fundraiser. A lot of hot topics, a good panel discussion. See you here tomorrow night. Thanks for watching. Banfield starts now. Welcome to the program. It is Thursday. And if you're a regular watcher of this show, and I know you are, it means it is Friday Eve. And that is always a good thing, especially in the summertime. I hope you are um, having a wonderful week where you are. It's not too hot. It's not too cold. And boy, have I got a lineup for you tonight. Right off the top, I'm going to tell you that I got a little ditty on this Long Island serial killer uh, that I did not expect to get. Didn't expect the police to say what they've said, that maybe there's another killer out there. What? Yes, I'm going to tell you all about it. Plus, uh, the weirdest thing is that it's possible that the suspect, Rex Hurman, in the Long Island serial killer case, might have actually called some podcasters to suggest someone else did it before he was arrested. Yes, well, I'm going to play not only that mysterious phone call from a stranger suggesting someone else did it, but then I'm also going to compare it to the Rex Hurman who was happy to do an interview with a guy about architecture. So we have an exemplar, and we have an audio expert tonight. Don't you just hate when that happens? I actually like it. So then there's other information, and this was very, very disturbing today about this case in Maryland. Mother of five, out hiking, disappears, turns up dead. Police won't say boo about why they think it's murder. What was the condition of her body? Where was she found? Why won't they say what we usually hear when a victim is murdered? And when someone else has been saying what he and his daughter and his daughter's friends saw, because he says he and his daughter and his daughter's friend found her body, why are the police saying it's not true? There is a massive discrepancy going on, and it is weird. You're going to hear all of the descriptions. You'll hear what the police have to say. You're going to hear what the searcher, this guy is actually a a professional searcher, (laughs) what he does in his other life when he wasn't out helping try to find this woman. Uh, You're going to hear all of it. And most distressing, you're going to hear the details that he gives about the condition he says Rachel Marin's body was in. And it is just tragic. It's also really scary, especially since they don't have a suspect and they think it might be random, like there's a random killer out there. Okay, then there's this. Uh, I like a good UFO story, right? I stop in the supermarket checkout and I grab the tabloids and I read that Jesus was in a UFO and landed in Texas. Um, But ever since the serious stuff started coming out from like decorated veterans who said that they've been privy uh, to evidence of a UFO you know, program, secret program in the government, and that there have been actual congressional hearings on this. Well, they seem to be coming out of the woodwork, don't they? Case in point, a little village in Peru has been under attack for days and days by these massive seven-foot creatures uh, that have been, like, hurting them, cutting the 15-year-old's neck, menacing them, scaring the wits out of them. They took it to the government. It's a little tiny community, right, in the jungle. Uh, And although there's actual video, we got the sleuths on it. We got the debunkers on it. And we actually have the story of what it actually is. And there's so much more to it. Those people are getting menaced. Those people are getting attacked. The video, wait till you see it. And then wait till you hear the explanations. That's coming up. And then, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, did I love this story today. Uh, Look, we do murder mysteries on this show. We do a lot of crime and justice. So this one's just a little adjacent, like just a little because it's about jury duty. I will just say off my soapbox like I always do. If you get your jury notice, do not ask me how to get out of jury duty. 
Because if you do, I'm going to tell you exactly how. Here it is. Ready? You go and you enlist in the army. And then you actually get deployed. And you serve your country that way. That's how you get out of jury duty. You will not have to serve on a jury if you are fighting for your country somewhere else. But if you'd like to serve your country with a latte, you could do it with jury duty in a day. So there's my soapbox. This mom... Uh, posted to Instagram when she got her jury duty notice. She's a good citizen. She couldn't find a babysitter for her triplets and her four-year-old. So she loaded them up like the clampets and she took them all to the courthouse. Wait until you see what happened. Wait until you see how long they were there. And wait until you find out if she was picked jury duty, but this video is just awesome. All right, let's start the show. We're going to start with the story out of Maryland that was very, very distressing, but also very sort of confusing. Uh, the Maryland mother of five who went out hiking on Saturday night turned up dead on a hiking trail Sunday. Uh, here is the, uh, this is tough, right? The man who says he went out looking with his daughter, who's a friend of Rachel Marin's, and another friend of hers gave a huge description on what they found. The police won't say why they think this is a homicide. They won't describe the body. They won't say the condition she was found in. They won't even say where. But the man who says he's part of the search party that found her, Michael Gabrzeski, uh, told Fox 45 News in Baltimore this. And I'm just going to read it. It's very, very graphic. Cover your ears if this is sensitive for you. Rachel was lying on her back, fully naked, and she had uh, brutal head trauma. It looked like her head had been smashed with a rock. There was a 15 to 20 foot blood trail. So it looked like she'd been beaten and dragged into that position. It looked like the killer was trying to erase her identity. I saw a terrible mess. There's not going to be an open casket. I can guarantee you that. That's hard to hear. That beautiful woman out for a run, 37 years old, five children. Uh, the problem is the investigators are disputing this. According to the Harfer County Sheriff's Department, I'm going to read you what their response to Mr. Gabrzeski's description is. As far as Michael Gabrzeski, he did not find Rachel or witness her body. He has no firsthand knowledge of the crime scene. At this time, we do not want to offer him any more notoriety. Additionally, continued discussion can hurt the investigation. To us, it is clear he has provided differing information to different news stations and our investigators. Based on our information, he would not have any firsthand knowledge of the crime scene. We also noticed a couple of inconsistencies as well in his version. But for the most part, he does say that it was his stepdaughter who made the discovery along with her friend. Um, this is what Mr. Gabrzeski said. Cecilia, stepdaughter, was the first person to see the body. She was hyperventilating really, really bad. And then the police told her to sit down. When she sat down, she realized she was sitting in a big pool of blood. The Sheriff's Department tells our program that there have been more than 200 tips that have now come in on this crime, but they still do not have a suspect. That's where Julia Sharper comes in. She's a reporter with the Baltimore Banner. She is live with me tonight. Julia, let me just ask you right off the top, if I can, what do you make of the discrepancy between Michael Gabrzeski's description of what he says the body looked like when it was found and what the police are saying about Mr. Gabrzeski. Well, I think in this sort of case, uh, investigators try to keep details close to the vest um, because often there might be details that only the, uh, the killer would know. Um, or other people that were very close to the homicide scene. So I think that uh, they are really giving out very little information at this point. Um, we've asked them many questions about evidence, what they have found, what they've discovered, and they're really not giving a lot of information at this point. Um, they are very emphatic that they are saying that this gentleman was not the person who found the body. And they've said that uh, their understanding is that he did not see her body. 
Um, and I, you know, I've been told by sources that he is indeed the stepfather of the woman who found the body. Um, I believe she was with a, her friend or a boyfriend, um, but that he was not there. And therefore they're disputing his account because they're saying that he mm. did not have firsthand oh. knowledge. The So here's where I'm going to go from there. Maybe there's a, a syntax error here, or maybe he's sort of celebrating a little more than, than he should that he was part of the search party. But it's possible that his stepdaughter told him all of these details. He's recounting it to the press. And we don't know for sure because the police won't confirm or deny. I am very curious, though, Julie, about um, Rachel Marin's boyfriend. She had just recently posted that they were changing their relationship status on social media. Uh, he has been emphatic. He has nothing to do with this. Um, do you know much about that? investigation, whether they've cleared him, whether he has an alibi, what, what, are, you, what are you hearing? Sure. Uh, so I've, I've heard that the police have questioned him um, and they obviously have not taken him into custody. Uh, I've heard from a source, um, someone close to him, that he willingly gave his phone up to the police and he also gave them a DNA sample um, and that he's been... Wow. Uh, you know, according to my source, that he's complied with the investigation with the investigators. Uh, I have not personally spoken to him, um, but he has posted online that he was uh, uh, at a AA meeting that evening and then also um, teamed up with her kids. Uh, some of her kids are in their mid to late teens um, to look for her that evening. So, um, it appears that he has an alibi for at least uh, parts of that evening. Um, you know, I, I, but again, I have not spoken to him directly and the police are not verifying sure. this, giving that information out. That, that would be, listen, an AA meeting would be a very, very strong alibi. There are a lot of people who go to those, um, you know, who knows, but, uh, the, you know, the other question I think really is critical when you're talking about, a person who dies, who has uh, children with someone and a boyfriend who's separate from that father of the children. What do we know about the father of her children? Is it the same father that fathered all five? Are there different fathers? Are there other people who are, you know, under the microscope here? So there are court records that indicate that um, she's had custody um, discussions with, with three men. Um, over the years, uh, again, you know, her, her oldest children are in their, their late teens at this point. Um, the most recent, uh, custody case that she had was in 2017. So that would be quite a while ago that she split up with that person. Um, but of course there's been five years in between that custody case and, and now, and, um, you know, she's obviously a very attractive person and uh, it's quite likely that she was dating someone else in the, in the, the interim. So do we know if the police are hot on the trail of those other people? You know, they say that they have questioned many, many people close to her. Um, again, they're not giving out details about exactly who they've questioned, um, you know, and, and I certainly would be interested in hearing those details as well. But at this point, we don't know, um, you know, what sort of past boyfriends or um, partners have been investigated. Julie, what do we know about her her own uh, immediate you know family, her her parents, her sister, her any other siblings, aunts, uncles, and of course those children? What what's the story? What what's happening with them? Yeah, uh, she seems to come from a, a large and loving family. Um, she has, I think, about five or six siblings. Uh, they were uh, very involved with their church. Um, I've spoken to a friend who said that she was very religious and she quoted a lot of uh, Bible passages. Um, I was looking at her church's social media page earlier and saw that they were um, posting a, a lot about her and, and you know, their, their grief at, at losing her. Um, so I think she had a, um, a lot of people that very much cared about her. Um, and the family released a statement today asking for um, some privacy and some time and space to grieve because this was obviously so sudden and, and so shocking and so upsetting to them. 
Julie Sharper, great reporting. I so appreciate you joining the program to um, help us sort of sort through this. It's it's confusing. It's frustrating. And I, I mean, God forbid there is someone random out there still uh, that was capable of doing this and maybe capable of doing it again. Um, hopefully we can call on you again. Thank you, Julie. Thank you. Uh, Julie Sharper joining us tonight. Um, really appreciate that from the Baltimore Banner. Um, I'm now joined by Phil Waters, friend of the program, 23 years as a homicide detective with the Houston Police Department. So, Phil, you would have a better insight into why police would say what they did about this Michael Gaborzewski fella. Um, they're really discounting almost all of what he said, um, but it was so detailed. What do you make of that? Well, aloha, Ashley. It's good to be with you again. I, I will tell you, there are many times where you have people that, for whatever reasons, want to insert themselves into one of these high-profile homicides, and he may be one of those people if it was, in fact, his stepdaughter that found uh, Rachel and detailed to him what she saw, then he's given to embellishment, uh, exaggeration, and so forth and so on to make the story. I mean, the story is already incredible, but he wants to bring attention to himself. Therefore, he's he's going to be saying much more than perhaps the facts actually are. Okay, well, that makes sense. I am curious, though, if let's just say he is, um, it's a game of telephone, and it was recounted to him, these horrifying details. They're very specific, very detailed. And he is recounting that to the press. Would the police say embellish themselves by saying none of it's true if, in fact, they were desperate to keep those details secret because it's something only the killer knew? Well, it's it's possible. I mean, anything is possible in an investigation like this because the what the police don't want to do at the beginning of this thing is to reveal certain details that might compromise the investigation later on. So, uh, you know, it, it's hard to tell. The only the only thing I can gather here is that the the detectives, the police department, they are emphatic about yeah. this guy and his description about it being incorrect. And when you're that absolute, I would be hard pressed to, to think that they are, for some ulterior motive, trying to run this guy's uh, story down. So there's there's got to be some, you know, there's a lot of times where people can say facts without telling the truth. That may be one of these situations here, and the police are trying to get ahead of this and do some damage control on what he's already put out there. Sure. Let me ask you this. Uh, the one detail that really struck me uh, was that he said that Rachel had been attacked uh, with a rock and that there'd been a lot of damage done to her face. <laughs> And I got to thinking about the randomness um, that is being potentially suggested by the police, that there may just be a random killer out there. Would a random killer resort to just grabbing any weapon of convenience, or would a random killer uh, bring something with him or her? So the job was planned and the idea uh, was carried out. Well, it depends on what random killer you're talking about. You know, I mean, it, it's it's one of these things that this, just from what I know, from what you've detailed, it appears to me that this is much more personal. Uh, I've seen homicide scenes where we, where the face is just destroyed. And that's for a reason, because they are either so angry at this person and how attractive they may be that they're going to destroy that beauty and because they've been rejected. Now, the boyfriend and all this stuff, uh, they're, they're going to have to get a timeline on his, where he was and what he was doing. Because you've got, a, you've got, what, a five, five-and-a-half-hour period here between the time she left to go hiking and the time her uh, boyfriend is calling in a missing person report. So, I mean, there are a lot of moving parts here. And the fact that, uh, you know, said to say it's random, I think by and large, if it was an unknown suspect to her, mm -hmm. it is going to be, she's going to be targeted. I, I just, for whatever reason, 
whether I'd be interested to know if there's a sexual assault involved here. You know, there's a whole lot of questions that have not been answered. And until we get those details, we're, you know, are there ever. Yeah, I mean, listen, a lot. And then there's also the detail that she was um, allegedly stripped naked, if the details are correct right. from, you know, this, would, uh, from this witness. Um, Phil Waters. Right, exactly. So listen, thank you. As always, your insight is so helpful when we try to figure out, you know, where a crime is going and where it's headed. Thank you for being here again, Phil. You bet. Appreciate it, Ashton. Take care. That's what you get when you have 23 years experience with the Houston PD. You get somebody who knows a thing or two about these kinds of crimes, as mysterious as they are. All right. Long Island serial killer. Got a lot of developments here. Um, I did not think that I was going to hear the police in this case suggest that maybe there's another killer out there. What? Yeah. 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 That's what they're saying now. Like, yeah, OK. We think we got our guy for sure. But that doesn't mean there isn't still another killer out there. Holy damn. Well, there's that. And then there's also this. Um, it's a bit of a cottage industry, perhaps. The serial killer's dumping ground is just across that body of water from Mamaroneck. Yeah. So Mamaroneck is now worried that one of their cold cases might have drifted across Long Island Sound from Gilgo Beach. There's that. And then as if that isn't enough, guess what? Some mysterious fella that sounds a lot like Rex Heuerman called the podcasters to give them a tip before he was arrested, was on the phone with podcasters before he was arrested and said someone else did it. So was it Rex? You're going to hear the mysterious man and you're going to hear Rex Yerman's voice and you can decide next. Tomorrow. Together. Juntos. Together. We stand up to cancer. On Saturday, August 19th, join Stand Up to Cancer for all the inspiration. Together, we can stand up for our family and friends and everyone who is battling this disease. Celebrating all the progress and innovation. So just stand up with us. One night to save lives. Join the millions in the fight against cancer. Tune in Saturday, August 19th at 8, 7 central on ABC, CBS, Fox, and NBC. For more ways to watch, visit StandUpToCancer.org. This break is brought to you by Adobe Photoshop. Here's a fun fact. Every day, millions of people around the world use Photoshop to create all kinds of cool stuff. Designs for t-shirts and posters, graphics to promote brands and businesses, images for social and websites. Anyone can do it. And to the guy who put a bulldog's head on a parakeet's body, you, sir, are a genius. Get started for free today. Click or tap the banner to head over to Photoshop.com. Adopt US Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting A Teenager Learning the Lingo GOAT G O A T Acronym stands for Greatest of All Time, as in spaghetti sandwiches for dinner? They're my fave. Dad, you're the GOAT. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. Visit adoptuskids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council. Many medicines used to treat colds and flu contain acetaminophen, a pain reliever and fever reducer found in hundreds of over-the-counter and prescription medicines. But taking too much acetaminophen can damage your liver. To learn more, visit fda.gov slash OTC pain info. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Food and Drug Administration. What's gotten lost in a lot of news coverage is trust. Dan Abrams and Elizabeth Vargas on America's fastest-growing cable news network. News Nation. News Nation is the place that people can come because they trust that at the least we're trying to be straight with them. Every point of view is represented. That's what we do. We only earn that trust, keep that trust by every single night fulfilling that mission. To find News Nation on your screen, go to joinnn.com. Antidepressant. Vraylar helped give it a lift. Adding Vraylar to an antidepressant is clinically proven to help relieve. Ew. 
Gotta get rid of this old Backstreet Boys t-shirt. Tell me why. I've washed it so many times, but the odor won't come out. Have you tried Downy Rinse and Refresh? It doesn't just cover up odors. It helps remove them. Downy Rinse and Refresh removes more odor in one wash than the leading value detergent in three washes. Find it wherever you buy laundry products. This back-to-school season, Downy and Tide are giving back with $1.5 million in scholarships. Enter to win. No purchase necessary. US and DC, 16 or older, and September 30th. Rules at Downy.com slash scholarship slash official rules. No matter how large or small your digging project may be, no matter how urban or rural, you must always call 811 before any digging project. 811 is our national one-call number, alerting your local utility companies to come out and mark any lines they have near your dig site. So before you do this or this, make sure you do this. For digging projects big or small, make the call to 811. Brought to you by Common Ground Alliance. I was crossing the street when I met the love of my life. I chased after her. Nothing would stand in my way. Not the dog walker, nor the hot dog vendor. Finally reaching her, I asked, what do you call that amazing smell? Um, it's Gain Flings. Gain Flings. My love had a name. But more importantly, it had a scent. Fall in love with Gain Flings. Seriously good scent. Gain Flings with 50% more freshness ingredients versus leading bargain detergent. Rex Hewerman, if he is indeed the Long Island serial killer, may not be the only killer out there dumping bodies at Gilgo Beach. I said it. I only said it because someone else, way more important than me, said it. The Suffolk Police Commissioner, Rodney Harrison, could have heard a pin drop after that one. Uh, They also said, oh, no, 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 we got our guy. We got our guy. Like, we got the guy. But it doesn't mean that maybe someone else is or has been out there dumping bodies. Wow. That was big. I thought that was big. Um, And then he said something else, which I thought was really amazing. When they arrested Rex Heuerman, we were, you know, privy to all of this investigative work that said he'd been Googling all sorts of gross things about rape and hurting women and hurting children, gross stuff. And then the commissioner said this, he was engaging in, quote, activities he shouldn't be engaging in right up until the day he was arrested. Wow. We also heard from police that he'd been still calling up the sex workers right up until arrested. So all that was new. All at the same time, as um, police in another jurisdiction, Mamaroneck, I know it's hard to say, it's a cool little town. It's actually right across Long Island Sound from, you guessed it, Gilgo Beach. The police in Mamaroneck are now looking at a cold case of theirs. Back in 2007, a woman uh, dismembered, stuffed in a suitcase, washed up on the shore. And they now think maybe, just maybe, she was actually thrown onto Gilgo Beach and the wind and the surf took her across Long Island Sound to Mamaroneck. They're saying that's a possibility. It's only 40 miles by car to his house, but it is right across the Sound from Gilgo Beach as the crow flies. Um, her name at this point, unidentified, is just Cherries. She's like Jane Doe Cherries because she had two cherries with a, a tattoo with a, on a stem um, above her breast, which is interesting because one of the other victims on Gilgo Beach, unidentified, is called Peaches because she had a tattoo of Peaches. They don't know who either of these women are. We just know that they're victims. Um, the other thing that's interesting is Gilgo Beach is an avid duck hunting area, and... You guessed it, Rex Heuerman, avid duck hunter. Then there's a third big story for you about the Long Island serial killer. Um, It's really weird if this is true, but it seems like Rex Heuerman may have called some podcasters, actually reached out to the podcasters because they put an ad in, like, Backpage.com seeking information. And this guy reached out to them, and they called him. And he said, this other guy did it. Yeah, this other guy did it. Whoever it was on the phone, this mysterious man who wanted to give them a tip, said this other guy did it and he's dead. This was before Rex was arrested. You're about to hear that mysterious man's voice, and then I'm going to compare it to Rex's actual voice so that you can see if it's the same guy. That's going to happen in a hot minute. First, I want to bring in Anthony Nelson. He's a forensic audio analyst. He's also an expert on sound and video recordings. Anthony, I'm so glad that you're available. 
I want to play no. that first clip that I just described, Anthony. That's mm-hmm. the one where these filmmakers put an ad in Backpage. They get a response from a guy who says, I know something. They call him. And in this very thick Long Island accent, he says the following. Have a look at this. Hey, how you doing? We're the uh, filmmakers who are doing the uh, Long Island serial killer documentary. You saw our, you saw our post on Backpage. Yeah, I had heard that the gentleman that owned Atlantis Marine in Riverhead, he was a suspect, and that's when he killed himself. And how did you hear that? Uh, well, I worked with the police department. And I had heard that that's who the DA's office was questioning and everything else. And, you know, the number one Okay. You heard that voice, Anthony. I now want yes, to play the exemplar that really is Rex Hewerman because he sat for an interview with um, an or a, a fellow from a, a, an outlet called Bonjour. And he did an interview about architecture, kind of boring stuff about building codes and all the rest. But you can hear the... Voice of Rex Hewerman for real, and imagine what you just heard. Let's listen together. Do we do the standard stuff with the building department? Um, handle your filings. Um, I have other clients who are a lot of other architects, mm-hmm. and we'll handle their interactions with the building department, yeah. especially out of city architects because they're a little afraid of the city. Halfway through it, can it? Well, I don't know about you, Anthony, but I really feel like I heard that that same accent. I I know a lot of people have a Long Island accent, but what's your take on that? I think when you listen to it, you have to take a look into the tone and the rhythm of the speech between the two audio recordings. Rex kind of has a nasally sound of the exemplar recording, and then the recording against the actual one where they call the podcasters has the same tonality to it. And in addition to the rhythm really plays a key characteristic in this where he pauses on certain words and continues to speak. So what's your take? Do you think it's him? Yeah, it sounds pretty similar. I would say yes, just from a listening standpoint. The the question we always have on our show, because we cover so many court cases, is, you know, to a reasonable reasonable degree... um, you know, certainty, would you say on the stand that that's Rex Hurman? But this isn't something like, you know, lie detector tests can't make it into court. And I don't think this science can either. But would you say with that degree of certainty that it, that it would be him if you were on the stand? Or on the stand, it would go through more uh, forensic analysis. There's more than just listening to it. There's actually a statistical analysis that you can pull out acoustic characteristics of the voice. And that's more of the science that goes into forensics in voice comparison. But to get back to Can I ask you, this sounds- is a little off topic. Like, yeah. so you're you're talking so technical, but I want to ask you about the attitude. Like, somebody with such hubris. Does that sound like the same guy who was doing the interview with the uh, with the with the journalist on the, the architecture and the building codes? Yeah, and going back to the rhythm and just the nasally sound of the voice. I mean, it's a recording, a recording versus a recording in a documentary where it's him actually being explicitly interviewed. But if you take into account just the higher pitch of the frequencies, then, yeah, it sounds pretty similar. That is fascinating. You know, Anthony Nelson, I kind of thought you were going to say that. Thank you so much um, for being on tonight. Really appreciate it. I got the creeps when I heard it. um, And now I have the extra creeps because now I know how you feel about it. Thank you, Anthony. Yeah, thank you. Good to have Anthony Nelson on. I am not an expert in that, but I just know what I hear. All right. So there were some viral videos that may have come across your feed, might have come across your news source, whatever it is you look at. And given all the talk about aliens these days, a lot of people got a bit sketched out by these videos. They were videos of like creepy seven foot characters walking through the jungles of Peru. And this poor little community of Peruvians says they're being attacked by green goblin-like aliens. Uh, They really are getting attacked. And they are really getting attacked by crazy creatures. It's just that, are the creatures real? We have got one of the smartest experts in this who has looked through it, done the research, and has the definitive answer on what exactly is going on in Peru. That's next.
my mental health. My son Ian was diagnosed with a brain tumor at the age of 16 months. We had no hope until St. Jude rescued us. He's alive because of what St. Jude has done. He's here because of the doctors who came before, their blood, their sweat, their tears, the knowledge accumulated and shared you know, with everyone else around the world. This is how we help kids beat cancer all over. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. While serving in Iraq, our vehicle was hit. They didn't think I was going to make it. I'm LaToya Lucas, and I'm a veteran. I had to learn to live with the scars, both visible and invisible. DAV helps veterans like LaToya get the benefits they've earned. They help more than a million veterans every year. My victory is overcoming my wounds so I can help other veterans. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. FYI, you can maintain your wellness goals without missing out on summer fun. Sakara's ready-to-eat plant-rich meals delivered anywhere in the contiguous U.S. are expert designed to help you look and feel your best, even during those weeks you're entertaining friends or taking time to get away from it all. Enjoy 20% off your first order when you go to sakara.com slash radio or enter radio at checkout. That's S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash radio. What if one day you went to your secret hiding place and instead of what you came for, you found a phone number, 1-800-662-HELP. What would you do? Would you stop and give it some thought? Before drugs take their toll on you and your family, know that there is help. You can quit. For help with drug use, call 1-800-662-HELP for free and confidential information and treatment referral or go to samhsa.gov slash know the risks. Most of us like to be out in the sun. That's why sunscreen and other safety measures are key to protecting your skin from aging and cancer. The FDA recommends using a sunscreen with an SPF of 15 or higher. Also, look for broad spectrum on the label. That means both harmful ultraviolet A and B rays are blocked. Remember, SPF plus broad spectrum equal healthy fun in the sun. Visit www.fda.gov sunscreen for more information. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. For more than a century, AM Radio has evolved to meet the needs of our community. In their car, at home, or on the job, more than 80 million listeners depend on AM Radio each month. AM Radio is also the backbone of the emergency alert system, which keeps us safe in dangerous times. It's reliable, free, and public safety depends on it. Text AM to 52886 and tell Congress we need AM Radio in cars. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. Headache, light sensitivity, eye problems, irregular heartbeat, extreme tiredness, constipation, dizziness or fainting, changes in appetite. This is your captain. We are going to be experiencing some slight turbulence. Please fasten your... Oh, hold on. Just got a video of my cat. Imagine the pilot of an airplane was as confident as you are texting and driving. Seems kind of crazy when you put it like that. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, a message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. Chocolate, vanilla, caramel, who says I have to choose? With Magnum Ice Cream, I can have it all and then some. I can indulge in layers and layers of decadent chocolate, bite into velvety Madagascan vanilla bean ice cream, get lost in gooey, rich caramel sauce, and no one can say a thing. Magnum Ice Cream. It's all my favorite ice creams in one. More is more. Discover decadence in store or online at magnumicecream.com. And here's Heather with the weather. Well, it's beautiful out there, sunny and 75, almost a little chilly in the shade. Now, let's get a read on the inside of your car. It is hot. You've only been parked a short time and it's already 99 degrees in there. Let's not leave children in the back seat while running errands. It only takes a few minutes for their body temperatures to rise. And that could be fatal. Cars get hot fast and can be deadly. Never leave a child in a car. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. Five, six. Reminder, always check your sources. Why? Because otherwise, you might have fallen for something today that millions of people fell for. Kind of gave it away right now, but you got to hear this story. Out of Peru, villagers are getting attacked day after day after day. 
like seriously attacked. A 15-year-old girl was slashed in the neck by seven-foot aliens that are like coming through the jungle and flying up into the sky. And this is not videos they're seeing. They're seeing it in real life. So they tell the government and the government investigates. They also find a dead body with its face, skin pulled off completely. And they start calling these creatures the face peelers. That is really, really creepy. So I want to show you a couple of the videos that started getting viral. The first one is, is of these seven foot tall thingies uh, going through the jungle. It's a little like one of those Bigfoot videos. You can see it right there. Uh, hard to make it out, but this is what they were seeing. They were freaked out, really freaked out. There it is, slowed down. Then the other thing that they saw, they, it's a, not a great video because they videotaped a camera, like a, it was a camera taping a camera, a phone. But it was one of those dead bodies that they said had the, the face uh, peeled off. This is a still picture from it. I didn't want to show you too much because it's really spooky, scary. But that's sort of upside down. That's the, the skeleton of the face. So obviously the government was very concerned about it. They did a, an investigation. Um, the villagers said they looked like movie creatures from the movie Predator and Green Goblin from Spider-Man. But the answer is, is that they weren't. They were actually gold miners being complete a-holes. The gold miners were trying to scare the bejesus out of the community because they didn't want to be caught using child labor. This has happened before. Miners will go in and try to scare the wits out of villagers by pretending to look like aliens, etc. Ben Hansen is an expert. He is like one of the best UFO investigators out there, and he was one of the first people to throw cold water on all of this. So what was your first clue, Ben? You were so quick uh, with your assessment. Well, thanks for teaming me up for such high expectations, first of all. <laughs> um, so what's really weird about this, uh, the whole thing is weird, okay? So let's try to unpack this a little bit. The events, a lot of the events that are being reported are true. We have video of the authorities showing up. We have video of the villagers running out to into the jungle shooting at something, okay? But after the investigation, what they come out with is they say that um, the, the prosecutor says that, they believe uh, the, the police investigation summarizes that these were miners protecting gold, okay, with jetpacks, that they're flying around on jetpacks with hoods and masks and glowing something and going around cutting people's throats. So let that sit just for a second. It really sounds like an episode of Scooby-Doo where, you know, Mr. Withers puts on a goblin mask and is, is trying to protect his gold. It, it is almost far-fetched as the fact that the, the villagers believe these are seven-foot aliens. So now we have these videos surface. The videos are difficult because we don't have a provenance of the dates. I do know that one of these was around at least since 2018, and that often happens in these cases. But you have this creature that is, is sort of sauntering through the jungle. And what, what I notice at first when you slow this down, it's very degraded. But the pixelation of it, despite that, it looks like you, you have a floodlight of a flashlight showing, um, you know, kind of directly in the center frame as this thing is supposedly moving in front. But yet I took a couple screen grabs where the shadow is very defined in the middle of this being. So in other words, if the being is standing right in front of you, it should be equally lit. Another thing is people use CGI. Like, so elementary, uh, Watson, you're amazing. You just did the, the good old-fashioned debunking with the video and, and, and the shadows. That's why we call you, Ben. It's why you're the first call when we have these crazy things that we need to figure out before we put them on the TV. Will you always, always be our guest on these things and always do these debunking for us? Well, these, these are amazing videos and situations, but they do have real-life consequences. I mean... There's a small segment of the population that can get panicked by this stuff. And if they saw this, yes. they already were shooting at something. They're going to go back into the jungle and it could be more dangerous. We really don't know what's going on, but I don't think it's miners uh, on jetpacks. Well, thank you for that. And you're right, because they were they did say they were shooting, but they seemed like they were bulletproof. Ben Hansen, mwah, thank you so much for that. I really appreciate it. So there you go. Definitive proof. That was junk. <laughs> Delete it from your feed or at least put the big debunked on top of it. Thank you, Ben. You're welcome. We'll talk to you later. All right. Coming up, it's called the Black Swan Murder Trial. That's what the brand is for a lot of true crime fans. For me, it's the Ashley Banfield crime. 
because that's her name. It's Ashley Benefield. It sounds so much like my name. It's like, do I really want to be on social media saying that? Um, but listen, this is a ballerina who married a guy within just a couple weeks. And then all of a sudden, she's accused of shooting him dead in their bedroom. And you know what? This thing's getting heated up. I'll tell you why in a minute. Benfield is... You took the first step and quit smoking, but even former smokers may still be at risk for lung cancer. That's why SaveByTheScan.org wants you to know about a new low-dose CT scan that can detect lung cancer early. It takes only 60 seconds and could save your life. You took the first step, now take the next. Visit SaveByTheScan.org for a simple quiz to see if you're eligible and talk to your doctor about screening. SaveByTheScan.org is brought to you by the American Lung Association's Lung Force Initiative and the Ad Council. Do you want to make a difference in your community? Volunteer with your local fire department. Operational and non-operational positions are available and training is provided. Anyone can be a volunteer. You just need the heart and drive to make a difference where it's needed most. When your community needs you, will you be there to answer the call? Learn more about volunteering at makemeafirefighter.org. That's makemeafirefighter.org. As a teacher, I should know the answers. But with Crohn's disease or ulcerative colitis, answers don't come easy. Steroids made my gut feel better, but they brought symptoms and risks of their own. A friend told me about the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation, and they helped me find a specialist. We talked through the pros and cons and landed on a new treatment. I feel like the guy with answers again. Don't wait. Make sure you have the latest info and the best plan for you. Spill your guts. Learn more at SpillYourGuts.org. All right, son. Time to put out this campfire. Dad, we learned about this in school. Oh, did you now? Okay. What's first? Smokey Bear said to. First drown it with a bucket of water, then stir it with a shovel. Wow, you sound just like him. Then he said. If it's still warm, then do it again. Where can I learn all this? It's all on SmokeyBear.com with other wildfire prevention tips. Because only you can prevent wildfires. Brought to you by the USDA Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Everyone has a community, a neighborhood, school, kids' teams, where you worship, work, work out, or any other place or group where you choose to belong. Communities can provide support when you need it, and even when you don't know you do. Like when it comes to preventing underage drinking and other substance use, community members can be your eyes and ears when you're not with your kids and alert you to signs of potential problems. Learn more at talktheyhearyou.samhsa.gov. If you're happy and you know it's my big Day one, the hardest day. The day you hear. This is a type of blood cancer. But day one is just one day. At the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, we are here to help you move past day one. On day 45, I discovered an online community who shared great tips for in-treatment care. I missed a lot of school during treatment, and LLS helped me keep up. To learn more and get help on day two, day 28, or any day, please visit LLS.org or call 1-800-955-4572. Kids ask their parents a lot of questions. Why can't people fly? Gravity. Is the moon really made of cheese? Yep, cream cheese. When can I move into a big kid's car seat? Uh... For some questions, parents may not have the answer, but that's okay. They can't know everything, but knowing the right seat for their age and size will help protect them in a car crash. Find out more at nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Where do babies come from? Good luck, Dad. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. Roxanne Watson is on a mission to have more people sign up as organ, eye, and tissue donors. What drives her? Roxanne received a heart transplant made possible by an organ donor. I decided that day to devote myself to signing up the most people in the United States. (laughs) That's my goal. Now she's a powerful force for good. What could you make possible as an organ, eye, and tissue donor? Leave behind the gift of life. Go to organdonor.gov. U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. Only on Ion. If you get married to someone within two weeks of meeting them, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> well, the Black Swan murder trial has a thing or two to tell you about doomed, torrid love affairs. Because this woman, and this is hard to say, named Ashley Benefield, um, 
she's a ballerina, and she met the love of her life, she thought, and uh, got married, and then she's now accused of murdering him in the bedroom. That is, that's like serious stuff. And now there's 911, uh, you know, sound as well. I wanted to sort of get you back into this case because it's heating up and it's going to trial in a matter of months. So here's how we got here. She's a former ballerina and swimsuit model. But Ashley Benefield is about to star in the most critical performance of her life, her own murder trial. Florida prosecutors say she shot her husband dead in cold blood almost three years ago. And it was bound to happen, the comparisons between this case and the movie Black Swan. Psychological horror film from back in 2010, all about a ballerina who kills. The film is about conflict, betrayal, and threats, real or imagined. And it may be a carbon copy of this case. When Ashley met Doug Benefield at a dinner party in August of 2016, her name was Ashley Byers. She was 24, and he was 54. He had just lost his wife, Renee, to a heart ailment nine months earlier. But within 13 days, Doug and Ashley tied the knot, married in just under two weeks. Almost immediately, Doug tried to help Ashley make one of her dreams come true, a ballet company featuring all body types and all ethnicities called the American National Ballet. Dancers from all over the country began arriving in Charleston, South Carolina to audition. Doug and Ashley also started a family, with Ashley becoming pregnant in July of 2017. But that is also when things started going sideways. Conflicts between Ashley and Doug erupted and escalated to the point where Doug once fired a gun into the ceiling of their home. Ashley complained of severe nausea during her pregnancy and moved in with her mother so that she could be cared for full time. And then a surprising move by Ashley. While Doug was hosting a party for their ballet company, she drove to their house and left him a four-page letter calling him possessive and controlling and saying she feared for her life and the safety of their unborn child. In hindsight, that might have been the beginning of the end. Their ballet company ran out of money and folded. And a custody battle began over their newborn daughter, with Ashley accusing Doug of giving her poisoned tea during her pregnancy and accusing Doug of poisoning his former wife. Police found those claims to be false. But surprisingly, Ashley and Doug were still able to rekindle their relationship. On September 27, 2020, Doug and Ashley packed up the family's possessions, ready for the move. Ashley's mother took their daughter to a nearby park, leaving Ashley and Doug alone in the house. And that is when all hell broke loose. She's with me now, quite upset. The weapon is here. We need the police before the mother, the, her mother and the little girl gets back from the park. I don't want them to find it. Yeah. You want me to go over and look at anything or just wait you, for the no, police? No, I want you to just wait for the police, okay? So you, they were in an argument? I don't know. She came in. She was quite hysterical. I didn't know who was banging on my door. She said that she attacked her and she shot him. According to the neighbor, Ashley said she shot Doug in self-defense. But Doug had been shot from behind with a 44 caliber handgun. And the gun went off four times. One bullet hit him in the leg. Another grazed his right arm and entered his chest. The other two were embedded in the wall. When paramedics arrived, Doug was still alive, but he was unable to speak, and he died an hour later at the hospital. When police arrived, Ashley refused to speak. But her mother said that they'd been living in fear of Doug for three and a half years. Ashley's mother also told police that Ashley was planning to leave Doug, acquiring a burner phone and a rental car. Her mother claims Ashley planned to flee the next day, but that Doug had gotten wind of it. Ashley was arrested and charged with second-degree murder. She's pleaded not guilty. She's currently out on bond. 
October 16th. Mark your calendar. That's when this trial is supposed to start. We're following it. And speaking of trials and jury duty, well, there is this one mom who is a superhero to all of us because she couldn't find a babysitter and she has triplets and they're like 18 months old and she has a four-year-old. So she loaded them all up and she took them to court and did her service. Wait until you see the video. It is astounding. It's next. And no, I didn't bring them shoes because I didn't think we'd be there that long. But babies kept walking up near the judges. News Nation Monday. When it comes to a gun suicide attempt, all it takes is a moment. My son, Ricky, took his life by the use of a firearm. It broke me and I contemplated suicide. My grandson, I was going to have to be here for him. I still own my firearm. I keep it in a safe because I want to keep my grandson and myself safe. Store your guns, locked, unloaded, and away from ammo. Hear more safe stories at endfamilyfire.org. Brought to you by Brady and the Ad Council. Many medicines used to treat colds and flu contain acetaminophen, a pain reliever and fever reducer found in hundreds of over-the-counter and prescription medicines. But taking too much acetaminophen can damage your liver. To learn more, visit fda.gov slash otcpaininfo. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Food and Drug Administration. Being an Army Ranger is a very fast-paced lifestyle. I was clearing a weapons cache in Haditha, Iraq, when the building collapsed on me, burying me alive. I spent six months in the hospital and a year of recovery. When I was separated from the military, I just felt like I was useless because I only had this one thing that I was supposed to do, and then that one thing was taken away from me. But then one day, I got a call from Wounded Warrior Project. They asked me to come to a workout, and I decided that I was gonna get better, both physically and mentally. Now I'm a warrior leader. I create events and opportunities for other veterans locally. Wounded Warrior Project did a phenomenal job reminding me that my injuries aren't going to define who I am. And because of that, I can do anything that I want. See how we help warriors combat stigma at woundedwarriorproject.org slash combat stigma. FYI, you can maintain your wellness goals without missing out on summer fun. Sakara's ready-to-eat plant-rich meals delivered anywhere in the contiguous U.S. are expert designed to help you look and feel your best, even during those weeks you're entertaining friends or taking time to get away from it all. Enjoy 20% off your first order when you go to sakara.com slash radio or enter radio at checkout. That's S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash radio. If you suffer from COPD symptoms like shortness of breath and fatigue, where do you turn? There are medications and oxygen, but do you know about pulmonary rehab? Three out of five COPD patients have never heard of it. Pulmonary rehab is an exercise, education, and support program that gives you tools to manage your condition, and Medicare typically pays for it. So whether it's grocery shopping on your own or just walking across the room, pulmonary rehab can help you. Visit livebetter.org to find out about your options for pulmonary rehab today. Call your doctor right away if you have symptoms of this bacterial infection, an allergic reaction, or ketoacidosis. In a single moment, everything can change. When a player's sudden cardiac event brought a national football game to a halt, it shone a spotlight on the importance of CPR readiness. Now, with youth sports in full swing, the American Heart Association is rallying parents and coaches to be ready in an emergency. To be ready, learn hands-only CPR. It's a skill anyone can learn in minutes. Visit heart.org slash hands-only CPR and become a lifesaver today. In the early hours after the tsunami, it was ham radio that was on the air, saving lives. When Florida was ripped by hurricanes, the hams were there. In the critical moments after the attack of 9-11, it was the hams who coordinated emergency messages. When disasters strike, the hams are ready. Ham radio works when other communications don't. To learn how you can become a ham radio operator, call the ARRL, the National Association for Amateur Radio, at 1-800-326-3942. We are the Veterans Health Administration, and our hands provide life-changing care to over 9 million veterans across more than 1,200 facilities nationwide. Join hands with us to make an impact in your community. Learn more at vacareers.va.gov. No matter how large or small your digging project may be, no matter how urban 
or rural. You must always call 811 before any digging project. 811 is our national one-call number, alerting your local utility companies to come out and mark any lines they have near your dig site. So before you do this or this... Make sure you do this. For digging projects big or small, make the call to 811. Brought to you by Common Ground Alliance. I just want to say, Tori Scow, if you're out there somewhere, you are my hero. Tori got a jury notice, right? Her summons, and she couldn't find a babysitter. And she has 18-month-old triplets and a four-year-old. So she just went. She just loaded them up in a rolling cart, and she went to the courthouse with babies in tow to do jury duty. Take a look, it's great. Where it was dead silent, except for us. At this point, I got them out of the wagon because they had been in it for over an hour and were screaming. And no, I didn't bring them shoes because I didn't think we'd be there that long, but babies kept walking up near the judge's table and I fed them more snacks than they've ever had in their entire life to keep them quiet. But one of the policemen were so nice, he brought back a bin of toys for them, which helped immensely. (laughs) I was underwater with two kids, and this lady did jury duty. By the way, all three of the kids pooped, and she had to change their diapers, and she said the whole courtroom was stunk up by the baby poop. Um, But you need to know that she was there for two and a half hours. They actually did bring her in. They didn't just see it all and say, nothing to see here, go home. They brought her in. She did two and a half hours. Uh, She did not get picked. So there you are. She is my hero. I'm so glad she posted this. And everybody, do your jury duty. It's a great way to be an American. You are so lucky to live in this country. Do your part. Civic duty. Thanks for watching. Now watch Cuomo.